Welcome to Answer the Call with Kelsey Kemp. That's me. I am a career coach helping Christians discern their calling and boldly create a career that's aligned with it. So you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. My mission is to help you find yours so you could run the good race. And when you finally meet your maker here, well done, good and faithful servant. On this podcast, you'll hear me interview guests from all walks of life who have boldly answered God's call throughout their career. And you'll also hear from me, providing in-depth strategies, trainings, and biblically-backed career advice from my perspective as a career coach and also just as someone who's passionate about striving to align my life with God's intended purpose for it, according to what he says in the Bible. I'm so grateful you're here to join me in answering the call, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. A few days ago, I made a post on my LinkedIn page explaining the difference between an interest and a passion and how our passions are related and very relevant to our career decisions. And pretty quickly, I got a message from a friend that said, really appreciated your thoughts on that, but what do you think of the rising anti-passion movement? And he included an article. And whenever I was reading through it, I realized this is something that I've been seeing for quite a few years now. It's certainly on the rise. And it's essentially promoting the idea that following your passion and making a career out of it is either fruitless or career limiting. And I had quite the response from my friend, Scott, if you're listening, thank you so much for kind of prompting this idea. Um, and I realized that this really needs to be shared and addressed, especially seeing that articles and TED Talks on this topic of don't follow your passion are only getting more popular in circulation. So just to go into a bit more detail, if you're not very familiar, um, different speakers and authors assert that we put so much pressure on finding our passion that it results in a few things. One being feeling stuck in analysis paralysis, fearing that if we don't find our passion, we will screw up our lives and be resigned to an unfulfilling career that we will never be able to dig ourselves out of. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Um, And then two, uh, this anti-passion movement also asserts that whenever we put so much pressure on finding our passion, it forces us to turn up our noses at the opportunities for steady work that are presented to us. Okay, I'll address that later. And then three, it kind of forces us to think that we need to find our life's work, which is a singular path that we are destined for. And if we don't find that singular path, it's just all downhill and you're going to mess up your life. So those are the dominant assertions I see in here in all these anti-passion propositions. And Actually, the solutions that I've seen proposed at the conclusion of these speeches or uh, articles or whatnot is, well, I'll admit, I mean, I think that they're pretty weak, but I see them uh, propose that we should pursue happiness and not passion, whatever that means. (laughs) They really, honestly, like that's all that they said. It really was not clear. And then two, another proposed solution is Don't chase your passion to find success. 
chase success and your passion will be created. Essentially, they're saying that you most likely won't be successful in fulfilling your passion if you are starting out with pursuing what you're passionate about. Instead, they proposed that you should seek to be successful at something and your success in that area will produce a sense of passion or at least satisfaction. And I have a, oh, I have a, um, a rebuttal to that, to say the least, um, at the towards the end of this podcast. So stick around until the end. And by the way, if you want to find any articles or TED Talks that I'm alluding to on this topic, you can see what I'm talking about by just Googling things like, why shouldn't you follow your passion or don't follow your passion? You could Google things like that. And plenty comes up. I think at least three TED Talks have been done asserting similar ideas on this. Um, so are you ready for my response on this? I am sure ready to give it. So here are my honest thoughts and findings on why I agree that by their definition of passion and all the struggles that the mindset around passions cause is indeed a problem. Key, notice that I said by their definition, I am going to propose uh, updated revision to their kind of simple proposals. But okay, so the bigger problem besides just their definition of passion and the struggles that that brings up in your mindset around passions, um, that that's one thing. But the bigger problem is that the general public and the speakers and authors promoting the anti-passion movement have a somewhat misguided view of what a passion is and how it should be considered in the context of other personal attributes to be able to make thorough, satisfying career decisions. So I will be talking about the context in which we should be considering our passions and the more thorough, wholesome, correct definition of a passion and what they're good for in your career. So let me just start by bringing up five points uh, as to why I agree that a passion certainly is a problem if we're going by their definition. So one, I totally agree that a passion is a problem. Um, if you hold yourself back, and whenever I say I agree that a passion is a problem, I'm really um, just shortening my statement that prioritizing your passions as the end-all be-all key to career satisfaction, that is a problem if, first point, you hold yourself back from getting a job if you aren't fully confident in what your singular passion is in life. Yes, that is totally a problem. And the advice I'm about to share goes for just about anything, honestly. Listen, just perk your ears up right at this moment. So my advice is, is that if you want clarity on something, you can only find clarity by doing plus thinking, not just thinking. So I, I always say to my clients and anyone else I'm talking to on Career Matters that if you I mean, just like sitting in a dark room and trying to conjure up deep thoughts about your life path really isn't going to get you far at all. You're probably going to come up with some crazy ideas and probably um, 
feel a little bit more uh, off kilter and unsure of where you're going because of that. You can't spend so much time just sitting in a dark room trying to process what you should do with your life. You have to act, test, discern, and learn about yourself and the options available to you and then reflect on the feedback that you get and what you learn about yourself. So doing plus thinking, not just thinking, is what produces clarity. So if you're all bothered that you really don't have um, strong conviction about what you want to do with your career, first off, that's literally why um, career coaches exist, but specifically career coaches within my specialty, which is career clarity and direction, not just helping you get the job and you know write the resume and do interview prep and stuff. But that's why roles like mine exist. But also just take a job. Like, don't put the weight of the world on that job's shoulders to provide your self-worth and all of your satisfaction in life. You could grow in that and make better decisions and get more opportunities and get clearer on what you want to do with, excuse me, your life as time goes on. So don't let yourself, don't hold yourself back from getting a job if you aren't fully confident in what your singular passion is in life. Also, don't get it twisted. You won't have like a singular passion, most likely. It evolves and it changes. Um, And that goes on to my second point that certainly prioritizing your passions above all else is a problem if you have the mindset that a passion is a singular track in life that you can and will mess up if you aren't perfectly clear on what your whole life's purpose is or your one goal or your one singular life's work that you should be producing. Oh my gosh, that would keep anybody in analysis paralysis. That would be crippling to think that you just have one path in life. And if you don't find it, you're going to just mess everything up. And there's no other path for you that could be faithful, that could be within God's will for you, that could be satisfying and a great option for you. So realize that your passion in life, quote, won't always be just one thing. The application of your passion or the passion itself will change over time. How? When you're talking or sorry, whenever you're taking action, um, you're constantly, like I said, getting feedback and knowledge that when reflected upon produces clarity on who you are, what you want, and what might be a better fit for you. So just take the action, my friend. Get a job. I I hold quite a high standard for how we can make very, very thoughtful, satisfying career decisions, even early in life. Like even if you are in high school, I think that we really need to have a conversation about how much is going to change and just continue to be totally open-minded. But we could start to understand who are you like in your understanding thus far? Like what did God entrust you to use? What are your talents? Your What's your personality like? What are your strengths and your qualities and all that stuff? And what do you enjoy? So we could start to inform a uh, maybe some career ideas from there. And also from college, of course, like you can certainly have enough information about your life to make a very, very thoughtful, satisfying decision for what your first job out of college will be. 
So I'm not saying that I'm not, gosh, no, skewer me before I get pegged as, wait, that was kind of a pun. Anyway, before I get pegged as one of those people that's just like, well, son, you just need to take any job. I am not saying that, but go ahead and don't just be locked up in your parents' basement. Get a job. Or how about this? Honestly, work with me. That's why career coaches exist. But moving on, my third point of my why I agree that idolizing your passion above all else is really a problem in your career if you think that your passions are all you should be considering or especially if you are prioritizing your passions over your talents in your job search and the criteria you're applying for like what jobs you're going for and what you're picking so If you only come away with one piece of wisdom, one new piece of wisdom from this podcast, let it be this one. Your natural talents and the tasks related to them that you enjoy doing are far more important to consider in your career than your passions. Think of it this way. If you are passionate about ending, let's say, human trafficking, And the only job that you could find related to that is a position in the fundraising department of a nonprofit, but like plot twist, here's the kicker, you hate fundraising, that is really not the most effective use of your life. So in that way, yes, your your passion might have misled you if you kind of relate to that example, because... If you're doing a job function, aka your daily tasks are something that you really don't enjoy, that's obviously not going to be satisfying. And your passion is really not going to be any consolation in that job. So the most effective use of your life will be, well, that's kind of a big statement, but let's go with it, will be one in which you use the gifts and talents that God entrusted to you for his glory, by the way, which God just so happens to be so gracious of a God to design things in such a way that when you're going, whenever you're doing something that you're really talented at, oftentimes you do get a sense of satisfaction from it. So I... I mean, wait, hold up. I kind of, I know what some of you guys are thinking. You're, you might be like, no, I, I'm really good at this, but I never really liked it. Like I was in ballet, as you probably know, if you followed along with me for a while. Um, and it was always so irritating. We know that in any kind of sport or thing that you guys are into, we all have that example of there's always a prodigy that seems to kind of throw away their chance because they don't actually really enjoy this, uh, using all these incredible natural talents that they have that relate to that, whatever they're in that activity. So I I do want to address objections that are potentially coming up. You here's, here's my addressing it. So you probably just have not, if you relate to having a talent and you don't enjoy using it, you probably just haven't found the task that you could apply your talent to in a manner that is satisfying to you. So it's the application and the setting and the manner in which you use that talent. It's not like you have to throw out the use of your talent altogether just because the way that you've used it in the past isn't satisfying. So example, 
I have a really smart analytical friend who actually really didn't like school and he didn't get good grades in college because he kind of just honestly threw that away. It just wasn't important to him. It was more about just getting the degree and moving on, even though he is so brilliant and so smart. Um, But the deal is that he found out later how to apply that talent in a really satisfying way because it turns out he loves solving, like using that analytical sharp mind to solve complex technical issues on systems that are fascinating to him. So he ended up really enjoying applying his analytical strength to technical problems with uh, computing and software and whatever. Um, And also gaming. That was interesting. Instead of um, he was in journalism. So editing, that really wasn't a uh, enjoyable use of his talents for him. So there, I would just beg for you to consider that if you're like, wait, using my talents isn't the end all be all, you know, I think it's a much better thing to focus on than passions. So, and if you haven't found a satisfying use of your talents, or if you don't know what your talents are, then there's just a bit more self-discovery to go along there. But my point still stands. So side note that I want to address, the articles that I saw supporting the anti-passion movement used young people (laughs) who got jobs aligned with their passions as case studies. But when it made an example of them, the articles didn't make clear why these people left those jobs or what made the work unfulfilling. It just stated that like following their passion wasn't fulfilling. See, my point stands. Uh, But I am willing to bet money that since they weren't clear about what exactly was the failure there, like what made the job not fulfilling, what was why was it bad that they just followed their passion? I am willing to bet money on the fact that they probably found the tasks associated with what they were doing unrewarding or not enjoyable. And their feeling about the organization's overarching mission that gave them the warm fuzzies on day one didn't feel close enough or relevant in their day-to-day work to make them excited to come to the office by day 60. So to kind of close out on this point and give an example, I looked back on my own clients' successes and I realized that my clients have ended up in careers that are satisfying, not primarily because they found a career path that's aligned with their passions or even just strong interests. It's more so because they're excited to be making the best use of their true talents. And because they're making use of their true talents, they are reaping greater efficiencies as they hit a flow state instead of just watching the hours drag on. And this goes along with the concept, do what you love. No, no, it's like, don't do what you love. Do who you are. And that's something that Ashley Stahl presented in a TED Talk that honestly changed my life, uh, seeing that it was the first piece of advice that caused me to start thinking about what careers 
are aligned, were aligned with who I am and what talents I have, which actually led me to coaching. So cool. Cause otherwise I just thought, oh, just do something that you're interested in. So to that end, I think that the anti-passion movement really does have some merit. So that's why I'm kind of posing these points as a, I agree, but here's the actual solution. So since it didn't really seem that the arguments were thorough, nor did they propose a really solid proven solution. So that's what I'm doing here. So the last thing on this point of um, really needing to prioritize tasks, satisfaction, satisfaction in tasks instead of satisfaction in passion, is that talents and the tasks related to them are more important to consider in your career search than passions, but that does not mean that you should not consider what you're passionate about. So it, sure, passions and missions and things like that are nice to have pieces of the equation for career satisfaction, but are still important to consider <laughs> in the context of talents, values, personality, and for the Christian spiritual gifts. So those are a few core attributes that I work through with each of my clients, among others. Um, but it, yeah, definitely passions and your mission are still so important to consider just in the context of those other things that you might want to consider more thoroughly and put on the priority list of what has to be a part of your next job in order for it to be a bit more satisfying. So that all being said, um, I, obviously, I think that I I would just argue as to why passions are so important. I don't want to just totally brush them off as the nice to have piece. I really think that they are important to consider just from the sheer fact that we do live in an age in which we have a luxury of many career options, like unprecedented. If you want options, you are literally living in the best moment of time ever. We're no longer in an agrarian society, and so I don't think that our career advice should match it. So I think that we do live in an age where we have the luxury to consider what our passions are. And honestly, if we have that as an option, I think it would be silly not to consider. So, whoa, I just like accidentally clapped. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think it would be silly not to take advantage of the opportunities presented to us. I think that's a really faithful use of the gifts that God is giving us in this time. So um, that's that. So definitely like still consider passions, um, but more so consider your natural talents and the tasks you enjoy that are related to using those talents. Are you finally ready to move on to point four? So I agree that prioritizing your passions is a problem if you let it turn your nose up at good jobs in times and places where opportunities do happen to be slim. So I know I just said that we live in an era of the luxury of career options are all over the place. But, you know, obviously sometimes career options are slim for a variety of reasons, whether that be the economy, whether that be uh, the area that you live in, whether that be um, honestly discrimination too. Although, you know, obviously I hope that's improving. But uh, yeah, there are some limitations. Um, and so whenever, if you happen to be in a time or an area or a situation in which 
honestly, just at that moment, your opportunities happen to be slim for careers and career advancement, then don't just let yourself turn up your nose at, at good work, you know, steady work, um, just in light of thinking, no, I have to be passionate about it. I think that's pretty elitist. I think that's something that someone in a TED talk said. They're like, and second of all, passions are elitist. And I was like, well, okay. Um, yeah, let's just like put this in context. It doesn't mean that we should throw them out all together and no one's allowed to follow their passions. So the points I want to make to this are also, I straight up just swallowed a gnat and that was the grossest thing and literally not a soul on the planet wanted to know that but here we are so (laughs) here we are you are called to be faithful and responsible not just to please yourself but the catch is we like i said live in an age of opportunity that it would be foolish not to take advantage of so i would just recommend getting a character building resume enhancing job that pays the bills as you learn more about yourself and hopefully as situations improve hopefully more options become available i'm talking about like genuine limits although sometimes i still think that we could get creative and move past those limits but um yeah if you do find yourself in a limited situation with limited options just go ahead and take the best job that you could find and in the meantime don't give up on personal development like find out in that time more about yourself and figure out what your next best move is and position yourself to be available to that opportunity whenever it comes so invest in those passions that could on the side investment on in those passions that could become career pursuits on the side and then hopefully one day full time. So I do want to say though, most limitations are self-imposed. And I think that on the safe side, if you're feeling like your options are limited for whatever reason, I am going to say you just have to listen to episode 19. I think that's two episodes now, uh, two episodes back now. Um, And it's all on limiting beliefs and how to work through them. So, And there's also a free guide attached to that episode to help you identify and move past any limiting beliefs that you are dealing with. So this is my final point on why I agree that passions are a problem. If you think that a passion is just something that you like. The fact is, that's not what a passion is. <laughs> that is an interest. If you just have a, a casual like for something, that's obviously an interest. That's not a passion. Even if you really, really, it's like a strong interest. Think about this. This is how I help my clients test out if something that they really care about is truly a passion or if it's just an interest. If you had to go without that thing that you care about for a year, would you still a year out feel like something's missing? Like, man, there is nothing in my life that replaces something like that. And you would feel like not fully like yourself even. Then, yeah, that was, that's a passion for sure. But if you know in your heart of hearts that something else would just come up and replace it, take its place, you would just pick up something else and enjoy it just as much, then that is an interest. No matter how strong, that is an interest. So that's one way I help people test it. But 
No, like a passion is a problem if you think that it's just an interest. No, I don't think that that should really be prioritized in your career pursuits um, and career discovery. A passion, at least in a career context, has to do with what you want to contribute, not just what you like, what you want to contribute in this world. Like what is a really meaningful contribution that you believe in making? using your talents. So they integrate in that way. So it's how you want to make yourself useful to the world in a way that is meaningful to you, whether that's making it prettier or relieving significant pains. So your most meaningful conviction that you really want to help the world in a certain way, it might be to use your um, eye for design. It also might be to go pursue counterterrorism efforts. Really, it, it varies for each person. So um, whatever is a very meaningful way that you want to contribute to the world, that really touches more on what a career-related passion is that you should uh, make, uh, you should weight that in your career decisions. Okay, so those were the five points on which I do agree that if you are looking at passions in that light or idolizing them or weighting them to that extent, I think that that's kind of problematic. So that I, those are the five points I kind of agree on in my proposed solutions for each of them. But there are two things that I saw proposed that I just flat out disagree with. Like I cannot spin these into a positive with caveats like I did with my previous points. So the first thing is that I disagree with the statement that success creates passion instead of passion creating success. So this is something that I mentioned at the top of the episode, one of the key tenets that they kind of proposed. So um, I'll break uh, break this down again so you could catch it. So these are the two statements that are kind of at the north and south poles of the passion argument. One of them is the follow your passion or following your passion creates a sense of success. And two, the other side of it is that pursuing success is what will create a sense of passion. So it's kind of like the chicken and the egg argument here. But the fact is that both of these statements are dangerous and misleading. So I have already addressed that pursuing your passion alone is almost certainly fruitless. Like you do have to consider it in the context of other attributes, especially your talents. But Just pursuing success and trusting that a sense of passion will follow is just flat out reckless. Here's the truth, which ties back to my talk about talents. So understanding the tasks that you are talented at and enjoy and finding a job that allows you to participate in those tasks on a daily basis is what creates both a sense of success and passion. So if you believe in the simple statement that success creates passion, as in if you just chase success and passion will follow once you know, hey, like I'm well liked in this, I'm good at it, I'm making money, I have esteem, I'm doing things, and then a sense of passion will follow. Honestly, That kind of simple maxim, though, success creates passion, 
If you follow that, you're most likely going to get caught spinning your wheels, running yourself ragged to try to be good at any flashy job that looks like success, especially standard success. This is something that I ran into and I just felt like in college, maybe any kind of student might agree with this, but um, I could speak to the context of having been a business student, it just seemed like the whole time, all, all three and a half years I was there, I was being groomed to communicate my interests, which kind of seemed, uh, communicate them in a way that would be appealing to a company in an interview or on an application. And inherently, the list of interests that I could uh communicate were like a multiple choice question. So you could be interested in, um, let's see, what were some of them? Uh, oh, problem solving, whatever the flip that means. Like, seriously, that is so unhelpful. Whenever I see people like, I'm a creative problem solver, I'm like, that doesn't really mean much, honestly. It could maybe at the beginning, but now everybody says that and it doesn't mean anything. But Maybe I could say, I'm really interested in providing creative solutions, or I'm really interested in um, accounting, or I'm really interested in reaping greater efficiencies as I help with a company's supply chain management. That was my more, more of my thing. Um, but goodness, like that, that's just so empty. And so if most likely, if you're just thinking, I need to pursue success, then the world is going to teach you how to conform to the standard definition of success. I think that we first need to look inward at like, honestly, who did God create me to be? What did he create me to be able to use for the service of glory of God and service of others? Um, and there's so many other things that we should be considering. I really do think that it's dangerous and misleading to think that you shouldn't really care about what what you really like. You shouldn't really care about what you have a natural bent towards or a knack for um, or anything that kind of might relate to this passion side of the argument. You, Sunny, just need to pursue success and hopefully you'll be good at something and then you'll kind of feel passionate about it. I, I just think that is super misleading and not helpful. But I'll move on to the second and final thing that I just really disagree with. and. It's that the people in the anti-passion movement dissuaded their audiences from entertaining the idea of hiring a career coach that's aimed at finding your passion or your calling, or sometimes they even dissuade their audience just from hiring a career coach that's going to help you optimize your search for a satisfying career. Because honestly, they don't think it exists. They think that the per they kind of overuse the statement, the perfect job doesn't exist. So they don't even shoot for an ideal job or an optimal job or even one that's better and more aligned with who you are and what you have to offer and what you care about than what you're in now. And that's pretty ridiculous. So I, I do think that they're probably opposed to career coaching based on what they said and what I heard them talk about um, because they think that I sit around and ask my clients silly things like, what is your passion? I mean, if you meet any career coach that is working with such a simple model, which is what they've done, all of these uh, speakers or uh, authors of articles about the anti-passion movement, they have really, really simplified the definition of passion. But 
If you meet a career coach that's working with such a simple model to sit around asking their clients questions like, what's your passion? Let's talk about that. Then I'm sure that they don't have a high client success rate. Honestly, I'm not asking simple questions like that. My job is defining the hierarchy of traits that are psychologically going to make a satisfying career and also helping them biblically um, understand your calling or their calling. And so I, it's much more complex than that. And so, yeah, I think that they just have a defeatist view that you shouldn't even be shooting for um, a an ideal or optimal job. And career coaches are just, I guess they think that we're full of crap or something. And that's just not true. There's so many things to consider. And not one of the people that I've worked with has come away feeling like, man, that was fluff. Oh, that was crap. No, they're all so well off in careers that are actually satisfying to them. So proof's in the pudding, I guess. But whew, okay, anti-movement smackdown is complete. <laughs> Please let me know your thoughts on this. I would highly appreciate hearing what you took from this episode or what you have further questions about. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message or direct message me on link on Instagram. <laughs> so the last thing that I'll say is that if you want to understand your exact core attributes and how you should prioritize and think about them to make the most effective, satisfying career decisions imaginable, that means that you are ready to work with me and join the ranks of my clients who have gone from feeling drained and resigned to a life of work that honestly feels like a pain to now working in jobs that they might not have known were an option for them before working with me, using talents and strengths that they hadn't fully utilized before, and then saying our work together honestly and practically changed their life for the better. So you can learn more about my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages and apply for a free consultation with me at kelseykemp.com. And you can just click on the one-on-one -on -one coaching page up, in the, up at the top. The link will also be in the show notes. So I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. All right, if you were enriched or encouraged by the work I put into today's episode, I would be so grateful if you left a review. All it takes is one minute or less to click on a few stars and write a few words about how this podcast has impacted you. And voila, you just made an instant impact on getting the word out about this show to those who would benefit from knowing it exists. As always, you can catch me on Instagram for daily insights, mini trainings, laughs, and sneak peeks into my life, all at Kelsey underscore the called career on Instagram. You can also get one of my best free resources, an in-depth guidebook on how to discern your core values and how to use them to make career decisions that will satisfy in the long run. You can get that guide for free right on the homepage of my website, kelseykemp.com. And that's it. Until next time, stay purposeful and tuned in to your calling. Bye for now. Thank you.